Well, you can talk about film. Gotta be quicker than this. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal, but for once in your life... Be real! Dearly beloved, welcome to Be Real. Guys, it is a mini-episode in uh, review of the 1984 cult classic, Purple Rain, about an album which is not a cult classic, but I think the movie, it's safe to say it has that status. My name is Chance Solem Pfeiffer. And I'm Noah Ballard, and we've come here to cleanse ourselves in Lake Minnetonka mm. and really just dive in uh, in honor of the passing of pop superstar legend uh, Prince. Right. Careful though, Noah, that uh, that might not be Lake Minnetonka. Well, I already have my shirt off, Chad, so it... <laughs> so you might as well jump. Let's jump. Neither of us had seen this movie prior to watching it in the last several days, had we, Noah? No, I hadn't seen it. And what a... What and what a, a, what a watch it was. <laughs> so this is a movie I think it's fair to say is loosely autobiographical it follows a uh, musician called the kid who coincidentally plays prince's music um in minneapolis uh the main setting fulcrum of the movie is the first that famous first avenue club uh and the kid is in a rivalry with a band called the time led by morris day and his henchman uh jerome and they're all sort of vying for space at this club and the and the person that comes between them is a, is a new singer in town apollonia and well morris day is sort of trying to recruit her and put a girl band together and prince is trying to woo her and uh just i don't know please yeah, please instead her. of like yeah instead of uh giving her any semblance of a career he's just trying to use her as his sexual plaything. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of fair. Um, the movie is comprised of a number of musical showdowns, I would say. Like, the movie hinges on musical showdowns. There are not that many uh, non-musical confrontations. Um, but I should say that the sort of the main character arc for the kid is he comes from this uh, sort of poor, abusive uh, household where his father is a serial abuser of his mother and he you get the feeling that he's tried to come between them and a lot of the drama lies in whether the kid will repeat the mistakes of his father and become an abuser toward Apollonia himself or whether he will be saved by his better conscience and the power of music so why don't we go from there well for starters you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka what? You have to purify yourself in Lake Minnetonka. Well, I think the first, like, sort of thing that needs to be, like, discussed in this movie, I mean, is sort of the plot of this movie. Sure. Which um, I think it's fair to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is tenuous at best. Yeah, which is both, I think, a smart thing for what the movie is able to pull off. And, you know, it's in a lot of ways, it's almost not a narrative movie. Almost. Well, I think what's so interesting about it is, like, it 
it both realizes that the plot is pretty tenuous, but it also, like, like it requires a lot of, like, dramatic, like, stuff to go on on screen for you to, like, sort of buy into the bigger moments that are non-musical. Yeah, go on. Say more. The crux of the movie and the inspiration for writing the titular Purple Rain is him, like, dealing with his father who, like, and this is not a spoiler because this movie is like a million years old. Uh, the father like attempts suicide at the end. Yeah. But like, you don't really know dad very well. He's just sort of, he's there to provide like, you know, what Prince's home life looks like. Sure. But I just, I, I felt like th- the ambition of the narrative was so like comically over what they put into the narrative. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Um, and uh, I, th- I think I think a fair read. I would say though, counter to that, like in terms of what the movie asks Prince to do, a lot of the connectivity between characters and plot smartly, I think, happens on stage. For instance, like the the performance of Darling Nikki, where he sort of attempts to drive Apollonia away from Morris Day uh, by pretending that this like very dirty sexual song is is about her. Like it does a good job of, and this is like a smaller moment, but during Computer Blue, when like it's right at the peak of people being like, "Prince, your music is too weird," and then he plays Computer Blue and like knocks over the mic stand with the neck of his guitar as kind of like a "fuck you." moment about the validity of his art like it does a good job of putting like some of the significant acting moments on stage where prince knows what he's doing so that's smart but i know what you're saying but i think it's also kind of funny that you know and compared to movies like eight mile or something like that where you sort of see uh the protagonist sort of go from being like not a very good musician, but with like a lot of potential to being like a great musician <laughs> by the end. Like this movie is just Prince playing like really good, like Prince songs. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no like, Ooh, like I wonder if he's going to get better by the end. He's just like playing his, like his hits. He's amazing. And he's amazing. And like the fact that anyone would say that he shouldn't be playing or that he's like committing some sort of, you know, a crime by like not including the audience is like wait a minute like I'm watching this and I'm enjoying it like just right. let him do what he, he wants. He just did a scissor kick off the piano. Like I think he's plenty watchable from a club floor. Right, as opposed to like the other performers who, by contrast, are not good at all. Well, see, I think that's that's this is a, a thing that I I think my favorite thing about this movie. If I'll just go ahead and sort of too early throw in like the thing that I think is kind of genius about it and the thing that probably could not be recreated anywhere you know Prince wrote the songs for that other band the time the Morris Morris Day's band I don't think those are bad songs and in some ways they are more in vogue than Prince's music ever was which is always like sort of like innovative and out of time like Morris, Morris Day is sort of like I would compare him to like a like a post James Brown pre Bruno Mars type guy, and the songs are kind of like candy, kind of candy right. pop. But you know, bringing up Eight Miles is interesting because 
the so the climax of this movie where Prince plays Purple Rain and everyone like kind of nods solemnly and they're like, "Yep, this is art." Like more, there's no like rap throwdown where like Morris Day gets slammed and everyone's like, "You're embarrassed." It's just a guy playing a really catchy song and then the artistic fantasy of everyone affirming, "This is Prince," and this is like one right. of the best songs ever written. Right. I mean, yeah, you 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 uh, sort of follow this, yeah, this like bubblegum pop song from the early 80s with like, you know, Purple Rain. this incredible <laughs> ballad that's like maybe one of the more famous Prince songs. Yeah. So that's such I a just... strange construction. And it, and it's like not it is a little anti narrative, too. Right. Because it's not some banger. It's fucking Purple Rain. Yeah. It's it's a seven minute guitar ballad. Right. Right, and, and then the really movie's good. over. Yeah. And in that way, it is kind of like, and people smarter than me have made this point since his passing. This is in some ways like just like one of the greatest long music videos ever made. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, and that's the point I sort of want to get to is like, I don't, because this film, like, yes, it has narrative ambition, but like, it also, it's just like, it's a stage musical. Yeah. Like, it exists there, like, for the songs, the catchy, memorable songs. I mean, it's like a Footloose. Like, it's, if you look at Footloose, like, as, like, a narrative, like, it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, this is, in that same milieu, also ridiculous, if looked at as, like, a piece of high drama or something. Can we talk about the filmmaking? Oh my god, yes. I th- so Anthony Magnolia directed this, which I think later Prince movies, I think uh, Under, the, Under the Cherry Moon, Prince himself directed, which I think it got even weirder. People didn't like it as much. But the filmmaking of this movie is super interesting because it feels to me that it was made by a deeply creative person who made a few interesting visual decisions but had no idea how to make a movie. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, there's a lot of ambition in the visual style, but, like, it's almost comically amateur, The just the construction of it. On that same note, then, let's go to... Because I feel like we're just going to... What we're talking about is what makes this movie good or bad, like, one of a kind, both in time and, like, objectively in the production, right? Um, so, I mean, so- there's something miraculous about the fact that this movie, like you know, even exists. Yes. Because, like, it's true. not a movie that would ever be greenlit today. Well, this is... So this is the thing that I'm thinking... Unless... Unless we want to talk about, like, Lemonade. But That's exactly where I'm going. Yeah. Because it's... What it takes... It is miraculous. Because you have these things converging that just don't converge for anything less than each generation's like big talent the th- like the thing you need to to sit through this and enjoy it or get through lemonade and enjoy it is incredible undeniable public interest the artist's desire for like sort of self-disclosure but more just like aggressive self-portrayal and then the music needs to be really good like you need all three of those incredible circumstances to line up or no one will care and that's right. like why you can't make movies like this more than once every 20 years. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, do you, this movie is almost like 
Prince's Space Jam, if you will. <laughs> yeah, kind of. This is much better than Space Jam, though. Oh, this is way more palatable than Well, because you at least Jam. get to watch Prince songs, and I would much rather watch Prince attempt to play a version of himself than Michael Jordan do that. Well, Prince is... And that's what I want to talk about, Let's too. Let's talk about the, his acting. The acting. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The... Prince is, like... It's not even acting because exactly. like s- scene to scene he's just like like rashly different people yeah depending on like what the the mood calls for but never like not like some iteration of prince it makes you wonder if this is even registering with him as acting and i don't think so he's too self-possessed to be oh bad. yeah prince doesn't care yeah prince knows that this is a movie about him <laughs> And he doesn't and even care the that the star. camera is there. He doesn't care about well, what any actors ever at have At the done. end, he just straight up breaks the fourth wall and looks into the camera as <laughs> right. he's playing the final song. Yeah. And it's so funny because, like, he's, like, objectively, like, if it wasn't Prince, like, doing these things. Because, like, let's keep in mind that he basically, like starts his relationship with this girl, like, by, like, basically molesting her and, like, leaving her for dead. And then he, like, beats her several times, Mm -hmm. refuses to compromise with any women, uh, or really any men, too, but specifically women. And then... Right, the girls in his band write Purple Rain. Which I think you're supposed to understand that, like, the fact that he's ultimately inspired by it is kind of a compromise. But it's not like he gives them dap over it or something. Right. But then he... But you're ultimately, you have to root for this guy or the yeah. movie doesn't make any sense. Right. And so that's what's so interesting, just how flawed he is in like such an early 80s sort of forgivable way. You know, it's not the, because depiction is only depiction. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's obvious that through time, like people, um, studios and writers and stuff like no longer like want to depict that on the screen. But the movie does not come down very hard on like whether the depiction of his like dark becoming of the father is permissible and it right doesn't give apollonia her due which is sort of saying that it kind of is permissible yeah her character certainly does not like pass the bechdel test no i mean a very it's... memorable name but uh she doesn't right. uh, get to i mean she to does anyone. get her 30 second montage of performing at uh that place that's not the first avenue one when the song um, is called sex shooter the song is called sex shooter they literally sing about half of the chorus and then cut away because it's painful right but otherwise she just is a sexual plaything. like the two choices she has to go between morris and prince is who am i gonna have se- like unfulfilling sex with or potentially dangerous sex with right And then, like, the scene that's supposed to want you to buy in the idea of the Lake Minnetonka thing, where they're, like, on the motorcycle together, and they're, like, falling for each other, and then he, like, cutely, like, dupes her into, like, undressing and throwing herself into a lake, and then driving off in his motorcycle. Like, sure, he comes back, but it's just such a weird, like, what did you guys do on your first date kind of (laughs) moment. I tried to tell you. Um... (laughs) That was a pretty good prince. Thank you. Um, what else? Are we? Let's get to rating this, shall we? Right. So you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first, bud. So yeah, I think this this movie sort of like a strange one and an interesting test for the rating system 
I'm gonna say bad good, which in our in our in our um rating means that it's not the not good technical quality, not great construction, but watchable. And I do want to say it's watchable in a way that I think is deeper than oh this 80s movie is silly and like that's what makes it fun which is definitely part of the pleasure of watching it but there is something like if you really like this music and not to get too sentimental about it um but if you really like want to see iconic sort of contextualization of these songs that's like sort of inseparable from how good they are on a record um in both the performance and the soundtracking like i would revisit this just to sort of like see as noah put it kind of like the miraculous way in which these cemented themselves in popular culture. Yeah. I'm going to like half disagree with you. Okay. I think that this movie technically is, I mean, is just like, it's not well-made. Like these are people who don't know what they're doing and decided to make like a nearly two hour long film. And it made like $70 million. (laughs) Which is like not, an insignificant sum for like the clearly like the budget they had to work with. Right. Um, and I found this movie like somewhat almost like painful to get through, really? but alas, alas, I think I'm going to give it a good, good, a good, good. I think it's a good, good movie. Like I think you it's just such said it a, wasn't made well. No, I, but I'm willing to forgive that. It's it's not made well, but they managed to put together pieces that are, like, interesting. What I'm saying is let's not give them credit for doing it on purpose. <laughs> but regardless, and regardless that there are, like, moments that are very questionable uh, in this political and social climate. Yeah. Um, that I mean, was the pain. Th- those are the painful moments. But otherwise, like, once you get to the climax with all that, like, great, like, once you get to fucking Purple Rain, like, you forget about how bad anything was leading up to that because that part is so good. It's one of the best, the inspiration scene for him writing that where the camera stops in the hallway and eventually follows him to the piano where he's playing live piano is yeah. just like, I don't know. Again, it, like, it could be unintentional. But like you're just like, oh my god, he was just inspired to write Purple Rain and now he's about to play the album version. And it's unbelievable. Right. <laughs> so basically, as you might have guessed, sorry if we wasted your 20 minutes, but like this is sort of an appreciation of Prince, right? Right. I mean, like, if you enjoy Prince's music, which I think everyone should. You gotta watch this. You gotta watch this movie. And it's, I mean, it's weird. Like, being into Prince is weird. He's an alien who returned to the mothership recently. Like, I don't think he was ever a human. Right. So, but, like, if you want to watch what, like, one alien thinks it's like to be a very successful uh, musician, which he was. This is the movie for you. All right. Love it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at Be Real Guys. Two E's like a film reel. You can write us at Be Real Guys at Gmail. You can follow, uh, or you can get the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, if that's how you get your podcasts. Some people might do that now. I don't know. Um, but Noah, thanks Sir? for watching this movie, ma'am. Uh, it was such a pleasure, and it was a nice way to remember a, uh, a dearly departed artist. 